wonder what I'm going to say on my intros. I want to exit from this despair. I want to also give a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last. Because with the reversal of role, they're not going to stop there. If you have something meaningful to say that is going to shed light and bring happiness to the world, you better do it before the conservatives decide. And that's how I want to begin my day every day, creating something new, interesting, and that's educating and expand the world instead of bringing darkness. are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when the guy's great. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. I don't know if you can actually hear. I always, well, let me back up. I actually always uh, endeavor to present or to have my voice reflect my happiness. I am, and I know my day is gonna start out great if I am singing. Off key as it may be, it's still a lot of fun uh, to do my podcast still. And look at me. I'm 10,000 episodes downloaded and and counting. I'm looking forward to the first day where I can actually start receiving requests for more um, from advertisers and I can get to the point where I actually will start getting paid um, over $2,000 a year just for uh, my podcast. I'm excited about the potential um, income Um, And this moving from a hobby to actually a paid gig. Um, I'll do this all day long. I can talk and talk. And there's so many interesting things that I can say or think about. Um, And I would like to share it with the public. I think I have a unique perspective that it needs to go out there. And I hope fully it will encourage others. And if you don't know, now you know. This is Tennessee Fro broadcasting from Forest Avenue. Um, And this is my weekly publication of Quark's Bar, what people will not only talk about in a deep space, non-space station, but also just in general, if I actually would like to talk to people. But anyways, that's just me. And um, this is greatly becoming probably one of my favorite parts of the episode where I talk about other usual shenanigans. So here we go. Um, that is. Uh, prelude to donkey of the day. Um, and this is not so much, and it's a collective donkeyness seems like that's going on. I first heard about this on another podcast and I just think that uh, certain superstars we need to take be taken the public needs to be taken out of y'all group chat 
where um, I don't need to know everything. For example, uh, K-Fed of famous or infamous marriage to Britney Spears, who just uh, was released from a multi-year conservatorship where she was mismanaged by uh, her own father. And it seems like she's still subject to um, a lot of scrutiny, even though she hasn't even released an album in years. She hasn't been, she stopped performing in protest of the conservatorship, but she's still living her best life. Semi-nude post on Instagram of her twirling, um, but also her irrelevant ex-husband, K-Fed, of a failed rapper fame, uh, backup dancer, not extraordinaire. Um, He has opened up warfare on her for alleged mistreatment of his jackasses of teenage sons. And I say that because that's how they seem to present themselves. And Britney's response to them is just like every country ass mama I know of. How you gonna come to a house that she pays for and then won't talk to her or won't visit with her, but they just being jackass teenagers. And then what is the purpose of your irrelevant ex-husband posting it on the internet? Like we care. Um, And we're probably gonna side with the mama or not with either one of y'all. We don't need to be in that group chat. And if you just want to show her 50 million Instagram followers, just how irrelevant you are, then that's all that did. And it's, it's embarrassing for you. And it's in it because it all it looks like is a ploy for you to get clout. And again, misusing her clout, so you can have some relevancy. I think it's deplorable. And that's why I'm naming you donkey of the day, as well as the either the lawmakers and every chump supporter and chump himself. You are willing to put agents life on the line and all of these crazy threats just because you want to stay relevant and you try and you're protecting somebody that's break literally is breaking the law and for uh, people doing their job i think and y'all trying to flip the script about defund the police and this other nonsense wait a minute no this is not they didn't bust in on him and cap him in his bed they basically he broke the law when he removed those records from the White House, didn't secure them, and then he had his lawyers lie about it. That is jackassery donkiness on a whole other level. And the law states if it, and he literally broke the law. Giuliani, literally, there's allegations and probably proof that that whole Georgia uh, voting machine tampering was instigated by his inner circle, they coming for him too. All they still, the US Justice Department's like, watch this, watch this. Because there is so much B 
bending the law and outright breaking the law that surrounded four years. And we had so many people willing to put their reputations on the line um, and in order to appease someone that did not need to be appeased and were willing to do all of these things for a sociopath. It goes back to that. A sociopath not only has disrespect for the law or because the laws don't apply for them, they only uh, go crazy when they get caught. And they may apologize for it, but they don't really mean it because they just mad that they actually got caught. And why are you applying rules to me when I don't follow the rules? That is the whole problem right there. So Big Donkey to K-Fed, every Trump supporter and Rudy Giuliani, because all of y'all have made the collective donkiness of the week. And I believe this is also the album that has been in dispute after the Grammys awarded the best reggae album to some white boys from Virginia instead of uh, Sean Paul and the queen of reggaeton, this chick, Spice. What I did remember, not just for its messiness, but just how much I miss music in general. Um, I have listened to some of the best music actually in my truck or in my car. And since I don't go anywhere, I don't get the opportunity to get my groove on. And now recently I only get my groove on as I basically try to level up and get my swerve on while I'm seated. So, um, Go Down Day featuring Shaggy and Spice is is just amazing to me. But what is also amazing to me is that she didn't, she got nominated by her management and she lost to some white dudes from Virginia. I just, girl, who knows? They may have gotten it because they got the downloads or the streams and they took that into consideration versus the authenticity and how amazing this album is but oh well it's their loss i hope bet or naacp or somebody else recognize it the music for what it is but i say all of that to say that this next session of me watching Trash TV, I would not have known that if I had not been watching Love and Hip Hop Miami. And I still am, oh, well actually Love and Hip Hop Atlanta because I didn't look it up until I saw the collab between um, Spice and Shaggy and her nomination. And I really hadn't watched a lot of this particular type of trash TV ever until Demetria L. Lucas was mentioning it. I think she did a promo for it on her podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, I had started watching Love and Hip Hop Miami. And then I saw uh, when, um, oh, what's her name? Florence and her husband, Marlon, had beef. 
and Sukihana had beef. And it seems like everybody on Love and Hip Hop Miami. Oh, and, and then, of course, Nori of Drink Champs had Patty LaBelle on his show. But he's a great part of this show. I didn't realize until this show that Noriega is actually Af- is uh, a black Puerto Rican. Um, is it his last name is Santiago? His wife is Cuban. He's the quintessential Latino man, and it's crazy. But that and figuring out who Amora Black is, that and figuring out who Florence is, and just missing the vibe in the music that define my whole existence when I was in Florida getting into reggaeton and going to Firestone, um, dancing all night and then driving back to Gainesville in the morning and knowing that this is, what is this, Taco Tuesday or Tequila Tuesday, and how I had to take a midday Pepsi because freaking I have all of these hot peppers that I can hardly eat without having to pre-medicate myself. And that is the flavor of the Latino, Latino, Latino culture that I know. And it surrounds the food, but it also has a lot to do with the music and how happy I felt listening to this particular star. And I'm glad she actually is on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and Spice because listen to this one. This is sexercise by her and jugglers. I don't know what you've been told. I don't know what you've been told. Exercise good for your boom boom oh. Exercise good for your boom boom oh. Mm-hmm. Everybody time for your jump up. Good exercise time for your warm up. You do your regular push up. You do your regular. So if you get to discover uh, music or good music, if that is your taste. One, you got to watch Love and Hip Hop. Um, And it's messier because all the private stuff is messy and I want them to delete us from the group text. But if you actually subscribe and watch this mess, you are gonna be part of the group text. If I could just get around all of that and just focus on the music like candy music on um, Real 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 Housewives of Atlanta, Atlanta, and um, all of the great musicians and artists that are on the Love and Hip Hop series. I have a big question mark about Love and Hip Hop Hollywood because California people, or the West Coast in general, these people Christ, I'm just saying. But just the interaction and how the small village that composes these group of artists, and, and it just makes for messiness. Nobody has control of their hormones and they all are acting like horny teenagers and i'm going to have to watch the latest episode of hollywood um and then i'm going to have to watch i'm on it because i need to add more trashy tv to my repertoire as i eat pepsi and drink martinis and um tequila I actually ordered this stuff from Amazon, and since they're not paying me advertisement, but mixing it with Lunazool, I 
feel that I would be a great person to talk about advertisement if you want me to talk about your booze as well as mixers because that was a great um, combination uh, for my Taco Tuesday or I should call it uh, Taco Tuesdays um, or Latina Tuesdays because I actually had um, nachos. Um, I think I would make a great addition um, as far as advertisement goes. Um, I love to eat. I love great food. And I believe that um, tequila actually accentuates the heat of uh, uh, Latina-inspired food. I'm just saying... Oh, there are four episodes. La La Land. This is season one, but I think they are definitely... This is 2017. And I think they've come out. Maybe they went off air for a while and then they came back. Why are there no new... Shows, but I thought I could have swore maybe it is coming back. Uh, eventually, it sees there's extras, and I think it's supposed to come back. It's supposed to come back like this year, maybe it's gonna come back, um, on the 29th, like everything else but that's the other thing I realized that a lot of the women or grandmothers or mothers in this series um, especially on Miami like the mothers or grandmothers themselves are like my age and they all are wanting to live it just seems to me that they all are living vicariously through their kids and their fame so they got the lace fronts they got the nails but they are not the quintessential big mamas like back in the day they all have their own issues and they all are messed up and it's like how are they um how are they supposed to support these mega stars when they themselves are broken. That's one of the things I noticed. I'm like, why are all of the grandmama and grandfathers in them flyer or just as fly as their kids? And why are they grandmothers and they all have their kids young and then their kids have kids young and they have to deal with the pressure of fame and all of this money when they have never had to manage that kind of business successfully or any of those things. That's why like people like Little Scrappy and um, uh, Ace Hood's mom, you know, it's just, it's very, just very disconcerting when you watch um these shows because what I see is a lot of people that need to do the work. I'm very proud of Ace Hood and his weird wife doing the work, even though they still have more work to do. Um, and I look at, there's one of the star, Kirk and his wife and how she had a fallen out with her father. Um, he 
lived in Ohio or somewhere, and she and Kirk have very successful businesses in, in Atlanta. And he basically is still acting like she never invited him to Atlanta. He was always on something or always wanted to do something. And she keep reaching out. And they had this huge argument when she basically told him to kiss her behind and hung up on him because he came at her crazy. And they didn't have a relationship. She, they never, she grew up without him. They moved to Atlanta. He reached out. But every time she would invite him up there, there was always... It was like he he was almost catfishing her, but he wasn't because that was her real, her biological father. But it was like he still dependent, was still dependent on her to basically crawl after him and make space for him when he was, he's the father, he, and she's the kid. It doesn't matter that she's grown now, but why does she still have to make that extra effort? Why did she have to bend to his every whim just because he is her biological? Because they share a genetic code. And I find it, it was to me, it was interesting because as I'm still dealing with my own lack of relationship and estrangement from mine, but Kirk said something profound. He was like, you know, you're trying to make him responsible. First, you want him to be something that he can't be. And sometimes you got to move on and just keep it pushing. And it doesn't really matter. The thing that bu- bugs me is I never will have the chance to do that because my father is no longer here. But watching her go through this and them arguing back and forth, it, and it just seemed to be such a waste, but she still had to process it all for a reason um, because time is short. She doesn't want to get into my position where she has these unresolved feelings and anxiety and a lot of things that you want somebody to answer for or to be responsible for, but they're no longer here. And they're no and even if they were here, it's not like they would apologize for any of that crap either. Some things just gotta let go. And the letting go is the issue. And that relationship out of all of this, that is what I look at and I'm, I find, and myself, I find fascinating and, and still being able to work through and how to let it go, get it out and how to let it go. And you wanted somebody to be something that they weren't and you put that pressure on them and it was just stupid because they couldn't, they just couldn't be. And that has to be okay because if that person is no longer here. It has to be okay. And even for the living, you got to basically come to terms for what people are and what their actual relationship to you are is. And don't hold things against them. If they can't, if they were never poured into that defect and you keep waiting for them to be that, either you accept and keep it pushing but you don't have to keep also being hurt by them or disappointed and get them giving you something that they have no capability of giving you. Sometimes you got to just let stuff go for that reason. And why I continue to get mad and hold somebody responsible for things that they obviously have a deficiency for. That's not fair. 
And that test they'll never, that test they will never be able to pass because you're putting undue pressure or undue expectations and you're in your disappointment can be unfounded so you basically have to say this is what they don't have they can't give it to me cool even though you would want them to be but also you have to come to acceptance that they could never be what they don't have they can't give you what they don't have and that's that's facts right there and that's deep I think and I'm going to end this with a kind of a side eye homage to trashy podcasts. I listen to consistently several different podcasts. I recently started listening to the one from Accra. Um, and I just was in my car when I down when I started streaming um Demetria L. Lucas's podcast. Um she was published, she published that podcast from Ghana. This is a well-known podcaster who has com- basically social commentary on pop culture and black culture. And she recently moved her life, left L.A. and moved to Ghana, put her stuff in storage in her parents' house, gave her truck, her Jeep to her father. And she's like, deuces to the United States for a minute. And she had just gotten to the point in the podcast where she was speaking about her reasons for moving. And I know she's talked about this multiple times. Um, And her reasons for moving had a lot to do with what was going on in pop culture and just African-Americans in general here in the United States. And... I left it at the point where she basically had made a comment on was it basically being around black people and reconnecting with our African past. She read a message from a friend on WhatsApp and the friend was who is from Ghana and is in Ghana was like, welcome home. And she's made no, her father worked in government for years. I think her mother was a teacher and she's lived in the DC area all her life. But I can, I think, and she was educated, I think at the University of Maryland and then on to NYU. She had friends at Howard and other HBCUs, but it's her journey and the black guy who tips journey is why I have become more interested in exploring a possibility and following her and Stevie Wonder back to the motherland. You know, taking some time to be around people that look like you and understand you and get it and still have some of the great amenities of the United States. You know, don't get me wrong. I love being... I don't think I'll... I'm hopeful I'll never have to be in a position to give up my um, my citizenship. But it is hard being African-American and educated in this country now because we got a whole bunch of white folks that are in power that does, basically are saying, we don't care even if you have this education or degrees or whatever you still only a black girl nappy black girl from virginia 
I'm tired of explaining why I feel so uncomfortable here. I'm tired of explaining my want and need and being and having to feel okay that I want to surround myself with people that look like me and get me and I don't have to explain the discomfort and the uneasiness of navigating in this American life. You know, I say all of that to say it's because Live from Accra and her journey to Ghana is one of the reasons why I'm exploring that need. And I'm having such a difficulty feeling that I have to be, why do I have to be open and and I have to be friends with everybody when I really don't feel like I have to be friends with everybody. There's so much I want to enjoy, but I know what my desire is. I would love to do it with people that look like me, but I don't want to meet anybody. I'm tired of talking. <laughs> I, I know I can't have it both ways. I blame the chumpers uh, for this all the time. I can't have it both ways. I can't say I, I want to be around people, but then I don't like people. So I don't want to, I don't invite myself. I don't go any place and I don't, I'm not going to do the apps. I'm not going to go to restaurants. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to order food from all these great restaurants. And it's really hard being in Chattanooga when I don't like anybody because I'm not going to go to some closed place and get the Rona or monkeypox because y'all nasty. But that's how I roll. And in all honesty, I'm still annoyed that I have to explain that to people. So how I relate and explore different cultures, but in particular my own culture, is through food. I cook and I post on Instagram. My Tenfro is reading uh, Instagram feed and TV food and wine. And I look. And I watch all of this Tri-C TV uh, about the quintessential black experience. Some of this stuff is way out to the left field, but it's hilarious to me because at least it's not me and my family. You know, and I can sit and have comments and it has nothing to do with the Baxters, Wiggins, and of it all. You know what I mean? And I'm going to suggest not only do you listen to the black guy who tips or Ratchet and Respectable by Demetra L. Lucas, but also Carisha Please, one of the real city girls, she actually did that interview with Kevin Gates and she has invited her groupmate JT as far as uh, their experience as city girls. They are a rap group, girl rap group, from Miami and of course they are messy we talking about crazy late fonts we talking about body piercings we talking about lip smacking they talking about sex this is the kind of head this is kind of podcast episode please do not listen to if you outside of your house do not listen to without a headset. And if you live in a quiet neighborhood, please don't put this on the surround sound so your neighbors can hear the what they're talking about. They're talking about deep throating, swallowing. It's crazy. But 
the host, Carisha, who is Dave, Dade and Diddy or Love or whatever his name is, uh, is uh, interviewing her bandmate who did do a 15-month stint in jail and who is booed up with somebody. I don't even know who she's booed up with. But it makes me its so funny that I don't think they're on Love and Hip Hop Miami. But they, their messiness, ha- they do have a show actually on HBO Max. And I need to double check because I don't know when it drops. But the reality of their life and how they got to where they are in the notoriety is so crazy. Because in the last episode, I basically was talking about Eve and Trina, who is on Love & Hip Hop Miami, but she still is grinding and doing a thing. And I'm so late to everything. She and Eve were on Versus, and it was the probably one of the, it almost, her Versus almost broke the internet. And I, and I can understand why. I'm watching it a whole year and two months later, but I hope you navigate to Dale's Angels Inc. blog and you listen to look at that for yourself. And you also look at this current interview of these young women. I don't think either one of these girls are over 30 years old and they have their life in Miami and the stuff that they have lived through and done to themselves in the age of social media is some of the craziest stuff only from reality TV. And it kills me that they did not capitalize it the same way as the untalented Kardashians are. Kardashians are just known and renowned for plastic surgery when these women and men are basically, actually are very talented. They're just known for how many fillers that they can put in their lips and their butt and they change the configuration of their Lebanese faces. These women, with all the trashiness and lip smacking are still so much more talented than that family, but they were allowed to cash in on it when the originals are right in um, Little Haiti and right downtown Miami. It's crazy to me. Um, I said, listen to it at your own risk and you will enjoy it just as much as I enjoy commenting on it. Um, their experiences, and they, again, are not even 30. It's crazy, y'all. And I'm still navigating back um, to my um, iTunes account because I can truly say there, I can't point to a City Girls album or song, you know, that... And and it wasn't until recently that I even knew who these young women were. Oh, there is a good love featuring Usher, who is old. That's kind of... (laughs) And they actually have a Caribbean music vibe. They actually teamed up with Cardi B back in 2018. But this good love kind of thing that looks a little pedophilish, I'm going to have to listen to that. I do know this. This is twerk. Do it, baby. Stick it 
Okay, yes, I do know this song, and I do know, I think I may have heard it on Teen Valley, which I'm going to talk to in my next episode about a whole episode just dedicated to nursing shenanigans, as well as, um, as also dedicated not only to P-Valley shenanigans, but also in nursing shenanigans, but also breaking down this last episode or the season finale of P-Valley. But I do know, I think I've heard this before, and this is collab with City Girl on City Code from 2018 featuring Cardi B. They released a single just this past year, last album, City Unlock in 2020, and I think... That must have been released right after um, JT was released from jail for assault, that assault charge she picked up. So enjoy this as I end this episode. And twerk in your seat if you can. <laughs> I wanted to end my broadcast or this recording with just some fresh beats and as a reminder for us to be kind to ourselves, be kind to our minds, and keep creating. I mean, there's just so much horrible things and mean things going on in the world. And this is not goodbye. This is just until we meet again or until I record and drop another episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Check me out on social media. Tinfro is reading on Instagram, TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter, and Tinfro is reading the book club. I hope to get into a better state of mind as we recover as a nation from just the tragic happenstance of the last several weeks. And again, I admonish you to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Be the action that you want to be. If you want kindness, give kindness, exude kindness, and just love yourself and love others. And again, thank you for listening. Mike Beats.